Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we are going through the book of Philippians. We're up to the third chapter, so we're more than halfway through the book. And we have been looking at the issue of the struggle for joy. I mean, the reality is, is if you're living the Christian life, everything is not always going to be sweet. Everything is not always going to be rosy. Everything is not always going to be blessing. And and let me just go ahead and clarify that. For some of you, you've maybe had some different theological teaching in your background, you probably have been taught, well, that's probably because you didn't have enough faith or, or you're not doing right, so therefore things are going wonderful in your life. Let me just go ahead and tell you right now, that is bogus. You don't need to pay attention to that. The reason why we go through hard times is because that's life. And we live in a rough world. And wrong things happen. Wrong things happen because people do wrong things because you do wrong things. And things are out of our control sometimes. And that is not reflective of your relationship with Jesus. And so the struggle is is to continue to maintain our joy, our enjoyment in Christ, in spite of the things that are going on around us. And so we've entered into the third chapter now, and we saw in the first 11 verses that the apostle was telling us several things that we need to be aware of. He's telling us to rejoice to have an attitude of joy in spite of the things that are going on. But we also need to be careful of people who would rob us of our joy. Now, how would they rob us of our joy? They would rob us of our joy by telling us things that we need to do for acceptance with God. That if I don't do these things, God's not going to accept me. Let's remind us ourselves of something. Your acceptance with God has nothing to do with what you do. It has to do with what Jesus has done for you on the cross. And as long as you keep that in perspective, as long as you hold on to that, you can have joy. But if you have someone come alongside of you and tell you that you've got to do all this stuff in order to be accepted, joy will be fleeting in your life. You will be defeated. And so he goes on and he comes up to chapter 12 now after telling us that he himself had achieved all these different things, but he considered it all what? Rubbish. Except for one thing. Knowing Jesus. So now he comes up to verse 12, and he's going to tell us about how you and I need to stay focused in our Christian life. Because it's so easy to be distracted, isn't it? It's so easy for you and I to be distracted in our Christian life from what we need to be focusing on. You say, what do you mean, George, it's so easy to be distracted? Well, all it takes is just some difficulties to happen in your life. You get distracted. All it takes is someone who comes along who's maybe a really nice teacher and sounds really good to all of a sudden start telling you that you need to do certain things in order to be accepted by Jesus. You need to dress a certain way. You need to do certain stuff. You need to give a certain amount. All of that is meaningless as far as your acceptance with God. So he's going to tell us how to stay focused, how you and I can stay focused in spite of all the distractions around us. So let's look at what he's saying. We're just going to look at three verses today. Verse 12, verse 13, and verse 14. Look at what he says. Not that I have already attained, am already perfected, 
but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We're going to take these three verses, and we're basically going to divide it into three sections. Verse 12 is going to tell us to be realistic. You and I need to be realistic in our Christian life, in our Christian walk. We're going to see that. Verse 13 is going to tell us to hold on loosely. You need to hold on loosely to the things that are going on in your life, the things that you've done and so forth. And then verse 14 is going to tell us the goal. So let's look at that, verse 12. Let's look here about being realistic. What do you and I need to do if we're going to stay focused? Well, first thing he tells us is this. He's talking about himself here. Look at what he says, very first part of verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. What's he saying here? There is an understanding that no one has arrived. There is an understanding that no one has arrived. Do you understand what I mean by it, arrived? We're not talking about that you just arrived from your journey into a place. We're talking about that you, quote, have reached a level of perfection. You know everything. You're smart. You've done all there is. Nobody can teach you anything. That's what he's talking about here. There is an understanding that no one has arrived. So if you you think you've attained it all as far as your Christian life, you're sadly mistaken. Because you're basically saying you're better than Paul. And nobody would say that, right? Nobody would say they're better than the apostle here. Because the reality is if, if the apostle himself, the author of this scripture, can say, I haven't arrived. I'm not perfected. I haven't attained it. I haven't done it all. The reality is, is you and I, in our Christian walk, if we're going to stay focused, you need to be realistic and understand the reality is, is that you haven't arrived. Now, let me just stop for a moment. If you're here and you think you have, there's a problem. And the problem isn't with the Scripture. The problem is with you. Because nobody's arrived. We say, well, I've been saved for this long. Well, I've been a Christian this long. I've done this in the church. And I've, and I've studied this much. I don't really care about any of that. Remember, all of that is the stuff that we try to achieve. And remember what Paul said earlier in verses, what, 4 through verse 11. He talked about what? He had the education, he had the heritage, and he had the religious acts. And all of that was meaningless compared to what? Knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus. So the first thing he says here about being realistic is that there's an understanding that no one has arrived. Here's the other one. There's an understanding that no one has reached maturity. There's an understanding that no one has reached maturity here. You know what the first sign of immaturity is in your life? Is thinking you're mature. You hear me? The first sign of immaturity in your life is thinking you're mature. The first sign of immaturity is thinking that you are above someone else in your walk with Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's get that realistic about it. The first time you place yourself above someone else and say that you are far more superior to them in their walk with Jesus and in your walk with Jesus, you have just expressed your what? Immaturity. 
Because do you understand, spiritual maturity is not measured the same way maturity in life is measured. What do you mean? Maturity in life is measured by the experiences that you go through and the things that you learn and the wisdom that you have and how you apply it to your life as you get older. That's maturity in life, right? And we look at young people and we say, well, they haven't matured yet or they're immature. Why? Because we're measuring them on a human perspective of what? Maturity and what they have learned and attained. Spiritual maturity is not measured the same way. You say, what do you mean? Spiritual maturity is actually the opposite. The more you realize the sinfulness and the depravity of your own heart, and the more you become less condemning of others and less judgmental of others, and the more you are stripped of your own pride, the more mature you become in Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because pride is not an expression of maturity. Superiority is not an expression of spiritual maturity. Feeling too good about yourself rather than recognizing the sinfulness of your own heart is not an expression of maturity. I mature in Jesus the more self-aware I become of my own depravity. Do you understand that? I become more mature in Jesus when I become more aware of my own depravity. And that's what Paul's talking about here. He hasn't attained maturity. You know, I look at that and I'm like, what? Paul wrote half of the New Testament, influenced other authors of the New Testament? You're telling me you haven't attained maturity? You're like it. You're like what I'm looking for. You're the standard. But he's the guy who says he's not mature. See, there's an understanding. There's an understanding that you haven't arrived. There's an understanding that no one has reached maturity. That'll blow us away. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you, that'll upend some of you here. What do you mean by that, George? Because that's not how we measure things in church, is it? That's not how we measure things in church. We measure things in church based upon how mature people seem to be. But our test of maturity is a human test rather than what? A spiritual test. What else is there? Look with me. One more point here. Being realistic is not just having an understanding that you haven't arrived. Being realistic is not just recognizing that you haven't reached maturity. It's this. There is a pursuit of all that Jesus Christ has for the believer. If I'm going to stay focused, if I'm not going to have my joy robbed by people telling me that I need to do certain things and do this and be this way and look this way in order to be accepted by God, if I'm not going to have people rob me of my joy by enslaving me with all of that stuff, I need to be pursuing something. And what the focus of my pursuit is needs to be all that Jesus has for me. Look at what he says there in verse 12. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. What's he talking about here? He wants to grab a hold of what Jesus has for him right now. So let me ask you a question. Do you guys realize that Jesus has something for you right now? The chances are most of you don't, because we think in terms of salvation as being something for later on, when we get eye and go to be with him, that we have forgiveness later on. But do you realize that, that there is something right now 
in each one of your lives that God wants to do and he has for you right now? Are you laying hold of that? Is that what you're pursuing? Quit trying to pursue to be mature. Quit trying to pursue arriving. You're never going to. Pursue what he has for you right now. Pursue what he has for you right now. That's being realistic. That's being realistic. He goes on then in verse 13, and he tells us, then we've got to hold on loosely. We've got to hold on loosely right now. Why? Look at what he says, verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. What's he saying here? Number one, there's an understanding that no one's perfect. When he talks about apprehended, it means that he has achieved, that he has reached a place of perfection. What Paul's saying here is this. If, if he can say he hasn't re- reached a place of perfection, the reality is, is that for all of us, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we've got to be reminded about that, don't we? No one's perfect. Look, look to your neighbor right now and say, you sure aren't perfect. Yeah, go ahead, tell them that. Some of you spouses have been wanting to tell them that. Okay? You're, you're not perfect. Don't, don't think that you are. Don't walk into a church and say, hey, it's me, I've arrived. I'm perfect. That's the first sign that you're not. So you've got to hold on loosely. Some of you here, though, here's the problem, though. You'll say, well, you know what, George, I don't need you to tell me that. I already know that. Because you don't know what I've done. That's not the point here. You've got to hold on loosely. Because listen to what else he tells us here. Listen to what else he tells us here. You have to choose to forget your achievements and your failures. You have to choose to forget your achievements and your failures. See, when you hold on loosely, you come to a place that it really doesn't matter what you've done before. Because you're not perfect. So it really doesn't matter what your accomplishments are in Jesus. Did you understand what I'm saying? It really doesn't matter how good, how much money you've given, or how much you've done this or that. And, and, and that's for one group. For the other group, it really doesn't matter what your mess-ups are, how you failed, what you did wrong. You've got to hold on loosely. That's what he means here. See, oftentimes we look at this and we'll say, when he says, oh, one thing I do is forgetting those things which are behind, we think that means his achievements. Folks, that means his whole life. Achievements and failures. You say he failed? Yeah, how many times does the apostle say he was the chief of sinners because he what? Persecuted the church. He killed people. You know, the reality is this. You gotta hold on loosely to this life because you haven't arrived. You're not perfect. And you have to choose to forget what you've done. What you've achieved. Hold on loosely to the stuff of the past. It's about now. And you haven't arrived, and you're not perfect. So you've got to choose to forget your achievements, and you've got to choose to forget your failures. Some of you have to choose to forget your failures. Because some of you are here today, and you're thinking, there's no way he could ever use me again. There's no way I could ever achieve anything. It's because of what I've done. You need to move on. There is forgiveness. There is cleansing. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. So that brings me to the next point here. You have to keep your focus on what is ahead. 
You have to keep your focus on what is ahead. Folks, if you want to write this down, write this down. The Christian life is not a 50-yard dash. It's a marathon. You want to write that down? The Christian life is not a 50-yard dash. It's a marathon. And yes, you maybe have stumbled, and yes, you fell down, and maybe you broke your leg. But you get back up, and you keep moving on, and you keep your focus. You forget what you've achieved. You forget your failures. You keep moving on. So you've got to hold on loosely. A lot of you folks here got to hold on loosely. You've got to hold on loosely. So you've got to focus on what's ahead. So what's ahead, George? Well, verse 14 tells us, here's the goal. Look at me, what he says here. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Two things I want you to see here. There has to be a choice to pursue what is worthy in our lives. You have to make a decision. You have to make a choice to pursue what is worthy in your life. See, is that what the apostle is saying here? I press forward towards the goal, towards the prize. He's making a conscious choice here to pursue something in his life. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Some of you have got to make that choice. So let me just speak to the two different groups here. What do you mean there's two different groups here? Well, there's the group that feels they've arrived, and there's the group that feels that they've messed up so much that they can't do anything. You hear me? It's either one or the other. You think you've either arrived or you've messed up. So let me speak to both of you. First of all, to the one who's messed up, pick yourself up and go on. Proverbs talks about that a righteous man may stumble, but he will pick himself up seven times or more. Pick yourself up and press on. The issue isn't now. The issue is finishing strong. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you've got to make a choice right now to pursue your life. Yes, you messed up. Yes, you did wrong. Yes, you sinned. But my friends, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is the one who's faithful. But you've got to make the choice. Go forward. So the guy who's messed up here, the guy who's messed up, the reality is is you need to make a choice. Hold on loosely and make the choice to move forward for what's worthy in your life. Here's the link for the person who's arrived. You haven't arrived. How do you know that? How do you know I haven't arrived? You're still breathing. Because don't you understand? Maturity and perfection is only attained by being with Jesus. And if you're still here, you still got something to learn. You still have to change. You still need to move forward. He doesn't leave you here any longer than your usefulness. And you haven't made it yet. So you have a choice to make. You can live in delusion and think you're there because you're not. Or you can make the choice to move forward and to pursue what is worthy in your life. That is reality. So that's the goal. You say, well, that, it says what is worthy. So what is worthy? Well, he tells us here. Look, look what he says there, verse 14. The prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Here's the second point. Recognize that God's calling for you is worthy of your attention. You know, he's called you to something. 
Well, he hasn't called me to ministry. You know what? We've so diluted calling into a concept where it's only that God calls people to go into full-time vocational ministry. It's more than that. He has a purpose for your life. Over and over throughout the New Testament, he talks about having a already prepared works beforehand that you should walk in. He's got a plan for you. He has something that he wants to do through your life. Where you're at right now in Clearfield County. But you've got to recognize that God's got a calling on your life. See, here's the thing, folks. He didn't offer salvation just for you to have fire insurance. He offered you salvation to do something for him wherever you are. You say, well, I'm just a mom. Yeah, well, maybe the calling is to be a godly mom. I just work wherever I work. Well, maybe the calling is for you to be a godly person where you work, to do what he wants you to do there. You've got to recognize, see, if, if I'm going to, the goal for me is to pursue that which is worthy, and what's worthy for me is the calling that God has for my life. And you've got to recognize that. And again, some of you are saying, well, you don't know what I did. You know what? Wake up. All right? Snap out of it. You messed up, okay? But the question is, is are you going to live there forever? Are you going to be handicapped forever, or are you going to get up and do something? What do you mean, do something? Are you going to go forward with what God wants you to do in his life? Are you going to do it? Some of you, it's going to take some time for you just to digest that. He is the God of second chances, isn't he? Excuse me, he's the God of a million chances. What are you pursuing? Are you going to let somebody rob you of your joy? Are you going to have somebody distract you from what is real in life? I mean, the distractions are many out there. Go to church. Give. Vote the right way. Hello? Are you listening to the news? There is no right way to vote. Seriously. Support this issue. Support that issue. Folks, can I tell you, Pursuing Jesus is not having a moral America. Pursuing Jesus is communicating the gospel to a lost world. Grab it. Live for it. You say, okay, George, what do we do with this? Well, I'm going to give you two questions. Those two questions deal with those two groups of people. Number one. Have you given up? Life is a struggle. And nobody is perfect. And you will make wrong choices. And you will face the consequences of those choices. See, here's the thing. God forgives, but he doesn't take away the consequences, does he? And you will face the consequences of those choices. And sometimes we get so overwhelmed by the consequences of our choices. We get so overwhelmed by the destruction of our choices and what we've done wrong. And it causes us because it just causes us to want to what? Give up. Like, is there any choice? And so for many Christians, they've, they've messed up so much that all they've relegated their Christian life to is just coming 
to church and hoping it's better, but having this concept that it never will get better. But they're here. Because they've given up. Have you given up? Have you given up? You've got to ask yourself that question. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. Again, like with all of the questions I give you each Sunday morning, don't just think about it right now. Process them through the week. Have I given up? Here's the second question. Do you think you've arrived? Do you think you've arrived? Do you see yourself at the place of maturity? Now that, that's probably going to be a small group. Usually in my, in my ministering with people, I don't find that very many people are there, but there are some. And, and they think they've arrived for whatever reason. If that's you, you, you need to take a step back for a moment. You need to remove yourself from yourself for a moment and realize, first of all, that you haven't. Now, how do I do that, George? How, how do I realize that I do that? Well, here's what you gotta do. You gotta take your eyes off of everything else that people is doing wrong and focus on what you're doing wrong. See, cause you distract yourself. The person who thinks they've arrived has focused on what everybody else is doing wrong and saying, well, I'm okay cause I'm not doing that. I'm not like them because I'm not doing that. I'm not an axe murderer. No, but you've killed a lot of people in your heart. The way that you realize that you've not arrived is quit focusing on what everybody else is doing wrong and saying you're okay. You begin to focus on your issues. And let me just stop for a moment. The things that you call mistakes aren't mistakes. They're sins. And they put Jesus on the cross. And you need to own it. Do you, do you understand me? The problem is, is that we think we're, we're, we've arrived, and that's because we're focusing on how, how we're comparing ourselves to other people. Well, let me just go ahead and tell you something. You're always going to find somebody that you're better than. But can I tell you something? There's always somebody better than you, and that's God. And you don't match up. You haven't arrived. So what do we do about it, George? Well, here's the action point. Here's what you got to do with it. Ask the Spirit to help you to pursue Jesus until the end. Don't get distracted. Don't listen to somebody else telling you this is what you got to do, this is what you got to do. No, 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 no. You got to be single focused here. You got to say, okay, that's nice, but that is not my pursuit in my life. My pursuit in my life isn't all this other stuff. My pursuit in my life is Jesus and what he has for me. And folks, that will blow you away. See, that's what he has for you, folks, is the relationship. Are you going to pursue it? Are you going to pursue it with the one who loves you? All this other stuff is meaningless. 
Are you going to pursue it? That's reality. Ask him to help you to pursue Jesus until the end. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.